The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, every year, there's a fun little exercise that I do. I was going to get my schedule grid out, but there are too many things on top of it, so I can't do that. But I get the schedule grid out, and I look at the best and the worst matchups for quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends, not so much wide receivers. I lump them in with quarterbacks uh, in the fantasy postseason. And then I tell you, hey, this guy's got a great schedule. Maybe this year it won't matter as much. We got the COVID stuff going on. Uh, we don't know if those games are going to be played, but we're going to do it anyway because you've been asking who has good playoff matchups, who has bad playoff matchups. Are you ready for a Nick Foles finale? Because he's got some great matchups, and they're actually players that you're going to want to start. So welcome to the show. We're going to talk about that today. It's a trade show by low, sell high. And this is one of my longer intros of the year. I think I might just keep it going. It is Wednesday. We did Twitch last night. It was a lot of fun. Might do the show by myself today. I have a lot of good information. We're going to preview Indianapolis, Tennessee. Oh, you know what? Let's bring in Dave and Heath. Let's bring in Heath. What's up, Heath? It was a pretty good intro, like the first quarter of it. Um, It went downhill when you went year? When you said year with some sort of... Like I thought something pinched you when you said it. But no, it's, it's good to be back, Adam. I haven't seen you for several days. I know. We're very happy. We're refreshed. We're refreshed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I see you all the time. Yeah, I know. What's up? Uh, nothing. I, uh, I I need to kick off the podcast with an apology. No, no I, this is not interesting. I don't want to do Two it. Two apologies. One to you because I completely squished the Gallman joke that you've been making. Right. Okay. That and two to that. Wayne Gallman for calling him boring because he actually, like, the Giants were able to really run the ball last week and the week before. Like, maybe their offensive line is starting to come around. You know. Gallman was... Gallman has some bursts, man. I know you're also interested. The Giants are doing something that almost no team does. They are rotating their offensive linemen. Their tackles, they've been rotating three of them, and they're going to start doing that at guard as well. And which fantasy analyst has the audacity to just not laugh at his friend's funny joke? Gall Dave! All right. Buy low, sell high. Yeah, I'm sorry, Heath. Would you like to... Get in there. No, you should have just stopped it. I'm sorry, Heath and listeners. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Why don't you guys give us some trade targets? Heath, buy low. You want to you wanna give us some buy lows? I thought we were doing schedule talk today. Uh, we, yeah, we are later. Are you not prepared? Why can't we do it all? Because Adam's um, trade No, I'm going gonna, gonna to say a guy because I don't think he's going to be out for a long period of time. And he does fit with the schedule thing. And I'm just going to like ride this all the way into him rushing 17 times for 12 yards and not catching any passes. Please. It's David Montgomery. (laughs) Um, Like I still believe. Okay. And I don't think like the one thing I I don't really think is going to happen is that he's going to miss a week and Lamar Miller or Cordero Patterson or Ryan Knoll 
is going to like displace him as a feature back. It is remarkable that David Montgomery has been as uninspiring as he has, and yet still is second behind only Dalvin Cook in broken tackles on the season. His yards before contact per carry, 1.1, the worst in the (laughs) NFL amongst running backs. And I do expect their offensive line in the second half will gel a little, maybe not have three-fourths of it missing for a game. Uh, It'll be a little bit better than it has been. So, And he's involved in the passing game. David Montgomery, he's dirt cheap right now. And he has Trading. the best. He has the best schedule of any running back. He has Minnesota twice. They've been kind of. They've been okay this year. They've been kind of bad the last two weeks. So I don't even know if that's tough. Minnesota twice. Every other team he faces is twenty eighth or worse against running backs right now. So David Montgomery has the best running back schedule. Okay, Dave, how about you, Bilo? Uh, like Heath, I'm going to ride this one until the wheels come off. It's Clyde edwards Elaire. I just do not believe that the, the Chiefs are going to keep splitting his work 50-50 with Le'Veon Bell. Bell has 15 yards on 10 carries since coming to Kansas City. And, you know, I, I, I am also worried about this third down roll not going to him, but it's kind of been that way all year. edwards Elaire should be in line eventually to just displace Le'Veon. Le'Veon doesn't have it. It's gone. Somebody dropped Le'Veon Bell for the Lions DST in one of my leagues. Imagine hearing that in an August. Like, crazy. To me, that's um, crazy. But I, it's normal now. It was crazy then. I think Edwards Hilaire is a great buy-low guy. The people who have him. Th- there were people asking me on Twitter, do I drop Le- Do I drop Clyde Edwards Hilaire? No. You, you try and trade for him because the best is going to come here. Ooh, like, I know who's more expensive right now. It's Clyde but who scores more fantasy points rest of the season? Clyde or David Montgomery? Full PPR. Uh, I will say Clyde. I don't know. Montgomery <laughs> is completely kneecapped by his offensive line. Like I, I truly believe that if Montgomery played behind a better offensive line, he would be good. But, but he, he, is, he is, he's a juker, but he's also a gets what's blocked running back. Well, he's getting a lot more than what's blocked. If he was getting what's blocked, he'd be averaging 1.1 yards per carry. Yeah, it feels like he's getting 1.1 yards per carry sometimes with the way that he plays. But it's, it, I, he would be considerably better if the offensive line in Chicago were good. Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, I think it was encouraging for Clyde Edwards-Elair that uh, he was working near the goal line last time out. And I, you know, I have a segment in today's show I hope we get to where I'm just going to throw out some names as potential big finishers. You're going to tell me what you think of them. And that was a player that I had on there because each of the last two years, Damian Williams really didn't get going until the last few weeks of the season. And then he, then they gave him a ton of work. And he carried your fantasy teams and he carried the Chiefs last year to a Super Bowl. Now, one year was because Kareem Hunt got suspended. But last year, they were committee for most of the season. And then they finally said, all right, Damian Williams is our guy. So fingers crossed. Hope that happens with Clyde edwards there hopefully maybe as soon as next week after the bye how about sell high dave heath who wants to go f- who wants to go first dj chark had a pretty good game go. and uh i'm i i don't think he's going to be quite that good every week jake luton was a less mobile version of gardner Minshew. 21 percent of his throws were bad to chark himself 25 percent of the targets were bad but 
I, I, I think Chark can be good, but if you can get crazy value for him, like someone really needs a receiver and they buy into this, you should do it. Okay. DJ Chark, would you sell him for... Yeah, you'd sell him for Tyler Lockett. Heartbeat. Then no one would give me that. Would you? Would you trade? Would you trade but, DJ but Chark? That's the for, type of sell high. I'm I don't know that. For. I, yeah, people are really freaked out about Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I know. Um, would you trade him for David Montgomery? DJ Chark. Yes. You rather have Montgomery? Okay. Yes. Uh, Heath, sell high. Oh man, I think I'm uh, like this is risky, but if you really wanted to swing for the fences and avoid a little bit of risk and a bad schedule in the second half. I, I wonder what you could get in addition to an elite wide receiver for Dalvin Cook. Like, why can do, you, get why a, do you hate him? What? Why do you I hate love him? him. He's awesome. He's on several <laughs> of my teams. Okay. Um, but he's the, or maybe tied for, the biggest injury risk in fantasy football. And his schedule in the second half is not very good. Which probably doesn't matter. Let's but, let me clarify that though. His schedule in the fantasy playoffs is not very good. Okay, but but the three games before that are Dallas, Carolina, and Jacksonville. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Uh, then it's Tampa Bay in Week 14, Chicago in Week 15. I, quite frankly, I don't really think that's we'll get a need to run away from. That'll be like this month. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, could I trade Dalvin Cook for Devontae Adams and David Montgomery? I think that's pretty reasonable. I, I would could I I would t- I would take Adams and Montgomery. Okay. Uh he is um he is averaging only Christian McCaffrey is scoring more points per game than Dalvin Cook so far. And they're both scoring like 28 points per game or something crazy like that. It's been it's been quite the ride, but it's really, you know, a lot of it's the last 2 weeks. If you want to know Dalvin I mean no, he's been great all year, but the last 2 weeks have been ridiculous. The last yeah. 2 games Dalvin Cook's 16-game pace, based on the last two games, is 2,952 rushing yards, 872 receiving yards, and and 48 touchdowns, <laughs> based on his last two games. All right, um, so let's recap. Hey, could you, if you were four and five, despite having Dalvin Cook on your roster, you could probably go to the team that's in first place in your league dangle Dalvin Cook and get way more in trade than you could imagine for him because that team that's that team that's eight and one or seven and two they're trying to get as many studs as they can to solidify their number one seed in the playoff run I'm actually I have a four and five team with With Dalvin Cook okay so what is the team that's in first place in that league have like where, where are they deepest you might be able to look because I've seen this. There was someone um, who who asked me about a trade that they made. They they acquired Devonte Adams, but they gave up James Conner, Will Fuller, and Lamar Jackson to get Devonte Adams. But right. they're in first place. Their team is loaded. That they've got better than average replacement players to take over for the three players they gave up. I'm not saying that that's what you should do if you're in first place. But if you're that four and five team like you, Heath, that's the move that you make if you've got Dalvin Cook. Well, this is why I kind of sometimes hate fantasy football. Um, I'm four and five with Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, man, I got a team like that, too. And I just looked at the first team, the first place team's roster and his starting lineup for this week. And it's Tua Tagovailoa, Ronald Jones, Devin Singletary, Robert Woods, Mike Williams, Eric Ebron, and Giovanni Bernard. 
Well, does he have a bunch no of chiefs? <laughs> yeah. He uh, has uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. That's it. Okay. Um, chief. Yeah, but yeah, you know, okay. this so you're not making up, a trade with that guy. This brings up another interesting talking point, right? We do say that one of the ways you can win is to sort of consolidate your talent. If you've got a great team, you can trade two really good players for one great player. It's not a bad idea, and it's definitely something that I that I support most years. Should we be altering that though this year with COVID? All you have to do is sit next to someone who has who tests positive for COVID and you're out for five days. Now, if that happens at the beginning of the week, then you can come back. And that's exactly what's going on with Ben Roethlisberger. He sat next to Vance McDonald on the airplane. He's on the COVID list. He can be back by Saturday. It, it, we're getting kind of lucky. A lot of these players are, are able to return and get ready for the week. But you know, we might get unlucky going forward. So is this the year to stray from that strategy and to give yourself more depth? And, you know, another example for me is I had this one league where I thought I had all this running back depth. And then all of a sudden, Daryl Henderson gets hurt. Hopefully he's back. Got lucky with the bye week there. Miles Gaskin gets hurt. And all of a sudden, my running backs aren't that good anymore. So, you know, is this a year to stray from that strategy of consolidating and, and trading two for one and instead just play it safe and uh, keep your depth? bunch of factors in play number one the size of your league and what the waiver wire is like if it's a smaller league then i think consolidating is fine because you can still find better than average replacement players on your waiver wire but if you're in a deeper league certainly like a 12 team league with seven plus bench spots plus ir spots it's going to make it harder to replace those players if you get hurt it depends on your risk tolerance too yeah i i say go i my like i would just go for it i wouldn't even buy like i'm not going to play scared okay so I, I I tend to agree with you, but the one smart thing you could do is once you acquire Dalvin Cook, go overpay for Alexander Madison. Yeah. And I know it didn't yeah. work out earlier this year with Cook being out and Madison playing, but that that's the safeguard this year. Yeah. Listen, Dalvin Cook's out. Would you rather start Alexander Madison versus random opponent or LaMichael P. Ryan versus random opponent? Right. I think I'd go with Madison even with the bad game that we saw from him. Okay, we have a mail. Oh, big mailbag show this week. Ben Gretsch is coming on. Hey. So, yeah, so send us your questions, your Apple Podcast questions. Leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. We get to most of those on the Saturday episode. And the parlay pick a lot of fun. This contest is open from Tuesday through Sunday. Pick your best five-team parlay against the spread. We give away $1,000 guaranteed every week. Odds are provi- provided by William Hill Sportsbook. Go to cbssports.com slash parlay. cbssports.com slash parlay. We were talking about it on the Lowe's uh, home team watch party on Sunday with Brian McFadden. He was talking about how... Uh, did you guys see this? A guy had... All he needed to complete his ridiculous parlay was the Steelers to win outright at Dallas. And he was going to win like $480,000 or something. And that was the one that was giving him so much trouble. He had a bunch of like crazy, crazy. He had like a huge college football underdog. And all it came down to was the Cowboys and and the Steelers. And he got it. So congratulations to that guy. It's pretty awesome. I don't know if Schrager, if you remember the details, it was a $4,000 bet and turned into more than 400K. I think. like. Yeah, four hundred forty k, and the college football bets were like all plus ten thousand, and then the Steelers was his easy lock of the week. Yeah, that was fun. What uh, a way to spend four grand. Yeah, not bad. All right, I want to talk about the COVID situation and then get into the schedules. So first of all, not a lot of news overnight. That was good, uh, but the NFL 
there was that talk about the 16-game playoff. That would apparently be put in place if they can't complete the 16-game season, but they're talking about it. Cases are on the rise. Ben Roethlisberger is on the reserve COVID list, could be back by Saturday. An Eagles coach tested positive for COVID. Just some other news real quick. Baltimore's a little beat up in the secondary, but not to their best players. Hopefully they can get Marlon Humphrey back this week. Um, they signed Tremont Williams. T.Y. Hilton practiced in full. Doesn't, we're, doesn't look like they're going to get Jack Doyle this week, but Mo Cox, you guys are ranking. Dallas cornerback like Trayvon Diggs is out. Trayvon Diggs is out four to six weeks with a broken foot, and Cam Newton has a sore neck. So not a lot of news. But what should we do in our leagues, Heath? I'll throw it to you first to plan for the season getting cut short. Commissioners really have to be proactive about this and make your rules right now. What do you recommend? I don't know that it's ever been less likely for the season to get cut short. I don't like. Um, just because they're like playing through everything. Like we, I don't think that's even an, I, I'm sorry. I'm taken aback by this. I'm not, I'm not trying. This is not a stick at all, but like we have guys testing positive on game day and they're still playing the games. I don't know why we would think they might call off hmm. the season. I don't know if there's anybody testing positive and playing. They test positive the day after the game. Well, but okay. not the day of you can, game. you can look at, they, they either have Saturday's test come back positive on Sunday morning or Sunday's test come back positive on Monday. Like they're not getting Sunday's test on Sunday. So, but th- no, there was a, I don't think there, that's even kind of where we're like for me, if the season gets called off, I'm just giving everybody their money back. I don't think you have I, to do that. I don't think that's even remotely possible. All right. Well, oh, look, cases are going way up right now. So it's, it's, you the know, cases it's, are going it's, way up in the NFL and yeah, they're just plowing what I'm through saying. it. They, they are going up in the NFL. They're plowing through it. It is true. But they, they themselves internally are talking about what do we do if we can't get through all 17 weeks? So I think you should, all right, fine. You know what? We don't have to spend a ton of time on this. Here's some of my ideas. You can just make it a total points thing. And you can say, look, we have standings now in case we'll play it out like normal in case the season plays through. But if the season gets cut short, we go to total points. You could do that. Can I just say one other thing? If you, like we talked about this before the season. If you didn't set a contingency plan before the season, then the only option is to give people their money back. You can't set a new parameter for how you're going to distribute out winnings in the middle of the season um, if you didn't make a plan before the season. I mean, that's a decent point, but if people don't agree with that, here are some other options. Half the league's going to agree with that and half the league's not. Well, look, I'm the commissioner of two leagues. I'm the commissioner of two leagues and neither of them are for money. So not everybody's playing for money here. So... um, so the other thing you could do is you could do this is I think a good idea. If you get to the fantasy playoffs, this is what I did for baseball. I did a um I did a total points playoff. You know, I set up head-to-head matchups but they didn't really matter. So that's something you could do. I don't I don't remember why I did that exactly. I think it was just uh, because the season was so different and I didn't, you know, you never know when the season's going to get cut short. But you could do a total points playoff instead of a head-to-head matchup playoff. You could do that. You also need to know what to do just in case. Let's just say they play all the Sunday games, but then they can't complete the Monday game or something like that. Do you just revert to the previous week scoring and forget about the current week? Um, you know, you have to have these things in mind. That's probably not going to happen. Um, but, all right, you know what? Y'all, it's up to you. You can ask the fantasy cops if you want, but have some ideas of what to do in case the season doesn't play out. Uh, 
I think a total points postseason might might be helpful for you. And you know, you you know, another thing you can do is just start the playoffs early and expand the field. Instead of weeks 14, 15, 16, maybe you do a four week playoff with eight teams or something like that. Or or to, I don't know, however many that you would I almost think it's just it's not ten worth, teams with a buy, two buys. Yeah. These are all good like spitballing ideas, and I'm all for brainstorming on that, but we haven't had a game postponed since week four or five. I know, but it's the cases are rising. So. I know, I know, but the cases were were rising in the off season too. The NFL has, by and large, done a very good job yeah. with with their entire process, and they've added protocols mid season to make things tougher for the, the disease to spread if it, it gets into any of their buildings. I'm I'm thinking we don't react quite yet. If you want to put it, the one the Heath's contingency plan is the best one. You just let your league know right now if you haven't already. If the season gets postponed for whatever reason, everybody gets their league dues back. Well, how is that, that fair? That I mean, the, the guy who the the guy or the girl who's just crushing in their league, they're eight and one. They got a hundred point lead. You're just going to give everybody their money back? I think that that's probably just the most fair thing to do. What now. if you did half? What if you it, said we're giving happens. everybody half their money back, Here's and the, the other half's going it to is, the top point scorers? The, the commissioner could give out some of the money right. to first, second, third, and then keep the rest and put it toward next year. And now you're playing for a bigger prize pool next year. I like the that hybrid model. I like the hybrid model. Get, you want to give some of the money back? Give some of the money back. But some, but first and se- first, second, and third and points deserve something. That's not the way we started this season. We weren't playing a points league. Like the That's first true. place team that I'm wins the regular then do records, season. Then do we are we are walking on a bridge that we don't have to cross yet. All right. Yeah. Fine. Exactly. Fine. All right, Dave. You know what, man? I need to chill. We all need to chill, right? We need that moment to chill. We're always on. COVID's got us stressed out. We just want to sit back and watch football. Meanwhile, college football games are getting canceled, so that's ruining our Saturdays. I just need a moment to chill. Dave, what do you do when you need a moment to chill? Uh, I grab an ice-cold Coors Light, and I've got a buddy who's in the mortgage business, and that business is going crazy right now, and he called me up, and Dave, I'm stressed out. I'm behind in my work. Things are going crazy. My family's wondering where I am because I'm working so hard, and I just tell him, you got to do what I do and just take a moment to chill and crack open an ice-cold Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill. And it is Coors Light. And they want you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. You work hard all week long. You set fantasy lineups all week long. You do the waiver wire work on Tuesday night. Man, when you get to Saturday, there's nothing better than cracking an open, a, a nice cold Coors. Yep, Sunday, not so bad on Sundays either. And uh, if you Only want... to win. Only if you win your yeah. league. If you want to get it delivered straight to your door, go to get.coorslight.com. When you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill and go to get.coorslight.com if you want it delivered straight to your door. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Heath, you ready for these schedules? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. What, what's, the, uh, what's the schedule music, Adam? Oh, I don't have any schedule music. Do I have any schedule music? I don't think so. Uh, you, sound, you sound so disappointed in yourself. And I've never been able to relate to you better. (laughs) Schedule. There we go. All right. Good schedules for quarterbacks. Tom Brady. His fantasy postseason is Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit. They are 28th, 32nd, and 25th against quarterbacks. 
it's not great before that, and there is a bye in week 13, but he can overcome bad schedule, bad matchups. He's Tom Brady, and he's got great weapons, but the fantasy postseason, you don't want to be facing Tom Brady. Nick Foles. He's a great buy low, by the way. Nick Foles so, is number two Brady, Brady on the schedule the talk. So, well, Nick Foles has the best schedule. He has three top five matchups. Three teams that are bottom five against quarterbacks. Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. They're 29th, 28th, and, Jack- and 30th. And b- the week before that, he has Detroit. Uh, and this week, he has Minnesota. So it's a good finish to the season for Foles. Does that matter in your regular one quarterback league? No. But for me, I have him in a two QB league, and I have four quarterbacks. So I'm going to p- try to make a trade this week. And I don't think I want to trade Nick Foles because this actually does resonate with me a little bit. I'm not expecting 30 points, but I maybe 22, something like that. You'll take that from Nick Foles against Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. Like, for example, I might start him over Baker Mayfield in the fantasy playoffs. Baker Mayfield doesn't throw enough. Well, Nick Foles has played two good matchups so far this season. He threw for 188 yards and three touchdowns in one half against the Falcons. Yeah. And he threw for 335 yards and two touchdowns against the Titans. <laughs> so there you go. And he throws a ton. So, all right, Nick Foles. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has pretty good playoff matchups. Detroit, Carolina's 11th, and then Tennessee. So he has two top 10 matchups. Yeah, This one's interesting to me because how much do we factor in the fact that two of those games are in late December at Lambeau? Yeah, I don't know. He's usually pretty good, right? In the snow, but no, I I guess I'd have, I to, look, I'd have to I'd have to look into that. Do we know it's snowing? We don't know that it's snowing. No. It's very warm in New York. I would be by more interested in December home games than, uh, and, and I'll, I'm going to do some research while you talk okay. about some other quarterback. Yeah, because one's at Detroit, and then the next two weeks, 15 and 16, are home. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is. Also looking at a pretty good schedule. Now, it is bad the next three weeks. Colts, we're going to preview that game in a bit. Colts at the Ravens at the Colts. Do the Colts have a great pass defense? I'm not sure. I think it's pretty clear they have a great run defense. But still, we don't love it. But then after that, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay. It's a very good finish to the season. Green Bay is only 12th against quarterbacks. They they are managed to keep points off the board. I think they don't see a lot of pass attempts. But... You know, Tannehill, we knew he had a stretch in the middle of the season that was bad, but it gets pretty good after that. So there are your good schedule quarterbacks, Brady, Foles, Rodgers, and Tannehill. Your bad schedule quarterbacks are Josh Allen. He has Pittsburgh in week 15, Denver in week 16. Which, oh, no, sorry, Pittsburgh 14, Denver in week 15. That's not a bad matchup. And at New England in week 16, they just see the fewest pass attempts in the NFL but they're horrible on a yards per attempt basis. So I'm not sure that Josh Allen really has a bad schedule other than Pittsburgh in week 14. I mean, we just saw Joe Flacco have a big game against the Patriots. Right. And, and let me tell you this, I'm not Dave. so sure I'm scared of them anymore. This one's interesting to me. Deshaun Watson. Because we saw him earlier in the year be just fine. You know, 22-ish points against Kansas City and Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And now this recent stretch, Watson's been amazing. He's had basically nothing but great matchups. He's got tough ones to finish the season. Uh, he's got Cleveland this week, New England, then Detroit. I don't think those are going to be problems. But So that's weeks 10, 11, 12. How about weeks 13 and on? Colts, Bears, Colts. They are 1-3-1 and one against quarterbacks. 
Cincinnati and Tennessee, that's, that's fine in weeks 15 and 16. So it's not so much the fantasy playoffs, but it's weeks 13, 14, 15. Okay. You know what? Okay. It's weeks, it's weeks 13, 14, 15. Colts, Bears, Colts. And then week 16 is the Bengals. What do you think about that? I don't that think for you're getting the week 16 probably. You're making a joke? No. What do you mean? I Those those are legitimately bad, bad oh. matchups. Oh, yeah. So so what does that mean for you with Sean Watson? I mean, sell high? It could. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty good time to sell high. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I did some research on Aaron Rodgers. He has played four home games in December in the past three seasons. He has one game with multiple touchdown passes. He has one game with more than 203 yards passing. He has zero games with more than 233 yards passing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Great call. Great spot. It's weeks 15 I don't and 16 know if that home. matters at all, but that is, those are the facts. Okay. All right. So let's recap. Brady, Foles, Rodgers, and Tannehill have good schedules on paper in the, you know, later in the year, but you just heard the, the whole thing about Rodgers in December at home. Whereas Josh Allen, we're not convinced he has a bad schedule, but Deshaun Watson legitimately does. Now, the one thing I'd say is let's see how Tannehill does against the Colts this week. And we'll find out a little bit more about the Colts' pass defense because they have had a very easy schedule. Uh, But if they do well against Tannehill, then maybe it's uh, some alarm bells for Deshaun Watson in weeks 13, 14, 15. Yeah, I don't know if if Tannehill having a bad game is going to make you nervous about Watson. I just think it might tell us a little more about the matchup against the Colts. That's all. All right, running backs. Good schedule running backs. Derrick Henry. It's actually pretty terrible for the next three weeks. Colts, Ravens, Colts. They are top four against fantasy running backs. Then it is unbelievable. And this is the time of year where Derrick Henry gets going anyway. Mm. But his last three games, his fantasy playoffs are Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay. So I, I've, I'm re-amending my Dalvin Cook sell high. And we're going to wait until this primetime game against the Colts and hope Derrick Henry struggles a little bit. And yeah. then we're going to sell Dalvin Cook for Derrick Henry and a very good wide receiver. Okay. I, because he's going to destroy Jacksonville, Detroit, and Green Bay in the fantasy playoffs. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, this is, I have a tough time buying into this, but he has four matchups against teams that are 29th or worse against running backs. This week against Tennessee, I don't think it's that great of a matchup. They've been really good the last five games against running backs, at least per carry, giving up some points. But They're giving up touchdowns. They are giving up touchdowns. Running back has a touchdown every game against Tennessee this year. Um, But, you know, he's got Houston. He's got Vegas. He's got Houston again. In, in week 16, might be tough against Pittsburgh, but the matchups are great. Does it matter? I don't know with Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> we'll see what his role is. He's got to just, he's got to start playing freely. And I think that's what the Colts are waiting for. I think the Colts are going to give him every opportunity to, to, to get there. But he, he's splitting the rushing downs work with Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines is the hurry up back, the passing downs back. David Montgomery, we already talked about, best remaining schedule. And then two teams that probably doesn't matter, but the, Fal- oh, I guess I shouldn't say that. I'll let you guys determine that. The uh, Broncos and the Patriots. Like if Damian Harris is is locked in, he he could be pretty good down the stretch. But obviously, we don't know if that's going to be the case. But yeah, Patriots and and Broncos have good schedules. And there you go. Running backs with bad schedules. 
This one I think is very, very important. Kenyon Drake. I don't know if anybody's really into Kenyon Drake, but he's a terrific buy low. You think so? Yes. Because he's got some very good run defenses coming up. Very mm, good. Maybe he's not such a good buy low. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I hate the schedule. I mean, Buffalo's not good. That's this week if he's back. Seattle mm-hmm. is a good run defense. They're 12th against running backs. New England's a fine matchup. But then after that, so we're talking that's week 10, 11, 12. Weeks 13 and on, the Rams, the Giants, the Eagles, the 49ers. That's weeks 14, 13, 14, 15, 16. Those are four really good run defenses. And that's Kenyon Drake, who only runs and doesn't have any involvement in the passing game. So. Well, the whole point is to trade for him at the lowest possible price. And it's because Chase Edmonds isn't going to take his job. When he comes back, it, it sure feels like he'll still have that role, that rundown role. Maybe Drake is the guy to go target if you're desperate for a running back in the next three games. Not so much for the rest of the season. Do you think he's going to play this week? Uh, he yeah. might not even play this week. It's true. Right, right. Um, the, the problem is they're, they're like day to day. It feels like those games that you're referencing in the playoffs are more Chase Edmonds games than Kenyon Drake games. Like Drake could play all four of those games against, or three of those games against the good run defenses, and four Edmonds might just be better. I think it's four good run defenses: the Rams, Giants, Eagles, Niners, and that that yeah, takes them through I, Week listen, Sixteen. The the Giants thing, they're just about like Fourteenth is about as close to average as you can be. But that's because they're really bad against pass-catching running backs. They're not 14th in run defense. They're 14th in fantasy points allowed to running backs. So that does feel more like a Chase Edmonds game. Like you just look at Antonio Gibson. They, they do give up some touchdowns, but uh, McKissick was a lot better than Gibson, even though Gibson had the touchdown. I don't know I don't know who scored more fantasy points because of the touchdown, but that's my point. Like These are good run defenses. So for a guy who's not involved in the passing game at all, it's a scary schedule, I think, down the stretch for Kenyon Drake. Well, you know who the Cardinals' best running back is anyway. It's... Kyler, Kyler Murray. Yeah. So maybe all of this is moot and it doesn't really matter um, which running back is better based on the matchups because it's it's going to be Kyler taking over late in the season anyway. All right. Ezekiel Elliott does not have a good schedule. He's got to buy. Then Minnesota, Washington, they're a, they have a good, a very good run defense. They're 11th against running backs. Baltimore is first. Cincinnati is 25th. That's very good. San Francisco is second. That's week 15. And Philadelphia is week 16. And he just had 19 carries for 63 yards and one catch at Philadelphia. So Ezekiel Elliott has some good run defenses. Uh, so are you up. saying we should sell low on Zeke? <laughs> I just, maybe it means you don't want to buy low. I don't know. I I think the key for Zeke is going to be how many balls does he catch? How many catches does he get? If he, you know, if he's not catching the ball, he could, could be trouble. That's how I interpret this. And, and it has been trouble. You know what I mean? Like it's not just the schedule. It's the production that we've seen lately. Do you, how do you feel, Zeke? I'm not selling low. Are you buying low? If it's low, low. Kenyon Drake or Zeke rest of season? Zeke. Yeah, I'm going to say Zeke. I'm taking back my Z- Drake Zeke's comment. more in the... I, like, I think what's really interesting is ranking him. And I, I think Dave and I had this dispute. And I would take Zeke over Clyde. I would still take Zeke over Montgomery. But That's, I think he yeah. is more <laughs> in that tier. The Zeke... Ed, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, David Montgomery range. That's what I was about to ask you. All right. Uh, Dalvin Cook has a tough schedule. We talked about it on Monday. You know, if you're trading him, you got to get Devontae Adams and a run and a good running back or Derrick Henry and a good wide receiver or something like that. Tight ends, good matchups. 
for tight ends would be Eric Ebron. It, every week, basically, good matchups. Travis Kelsey, the Jaguars have good matchups. Noah Fant, it's not great until weeks 15 and 16, and then, quite frankly, I don't know if it's going to be great in week 15. You see Buffalo. Buffalo is one of the worst against tight ends. That is so much tied to Matt Milano. He's either been out or he's been limited in snaps, and now he's out again. But you figure by week 15 he'll probably be back. So I'm not. I don't think I want to put Noah Fant on this list of great matchups. Dalton you Schultz have decided that before you put him on the list of great matchups. Uh, I technically he is on the list of having two <laughs> matchups uh, against top ten top ten matchups in the playoffs. But um, I'm not giving up much for Noah Fant in a trade. Dalton Schultz, no way. Irv Smith has great matchups. He's interesting. He what, really is. What, what, we need we need some context here because we the 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 two sentences that just ran back to back were I'm not giving up much for Noah Fant and then we say Irv Smith and he's interesting he's interesting in that I don't I don't <laughs> think you're trading for Irv Smith like he's a throw in and a bigger deal uh, he's available on the waiver wire for crying out loud you'd be much more more interested in acquiring Noah Fant than Irv Smith. I would rather pick up Irv Smith off the waiver wire than trade a good bench player for Noah Fant. And I'm not look. This this doesn't have as much to do with the two touchdown game he just had because those were his only two catches in the game. But Irv Smith has had some genuinely good moments. It's just a matter of how much more we'll get on his plate moving forward. Yeah, well, he, he does have a great schedule. Talent. He's he's an interesting talent. I don't know if if Minnesota is going to give him, you know, force feed him targets game after game. Nobody gets force fed targets there. That's the problem. Nope. Dalvin Cook gets force-fed carries. Okay. And Heath is quite high on Noah Fant. We know that. So I'm not you saying know, he has a bad fun schedule. Fact, I'm just fun saying great. fact, because I looked it up last night. Noah Fant still fifth in fantasy points per game at tight end this season. Yeah, but, but Jimmy Graham is sixth, right? Uh, Jimmy Graham is 10th. Oh, per game? Have they per not game. had their bye? What's that? They, they have had not their had buy? their bye. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, Ebron is really the most interesting here. I mean, it's just it's the Bengals are thirty first, the Jaguars are thirtieth, the Ravens are fifteenth, the Re- the football team is twenty eighth, the Bills are twenty ninth. I already talked about that, and the Bengals are thirty first. He uh, he's just got it. He's just got a great setup, but he's had great matchups pretty much all year. And quite frankly, he's good for about fifty yards every week. So, you know, you can hang on to Ebron and hope for the best. He didn't get fifty yards last week, but he scored. Tight ends with bad schedules. The only one that I really found was Darren Waller. Darren Waller in weeks. Let's see. This is ten. I just make sure I didn't that I didn't include week seventeen. Ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Uh, weeks fourteen and sixteen. Colts, Dolphins. Colts are number one against tight ends. Dolphins are number four against tight ends. The Dolphins have not allowed more than forty-four yards to a tight end, and that was Kittle. And the Colts haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end. Can so, you run me down the list of tight ends that the Colts have taken on this year? They just faced Mark Andrews. I know notes. this because I was right. I yeah. wrote about them in the tight end preview yesterday. Okay. Um, they right, just Mark faced, Andrews just doesn't get targets. That's not because they shut him down. Uh, I've TJ got Hawkinson did get over sixty yards against them. He had okay. ten targets. So did Austin Hooper. They both had five. They both had fifty-seven to sixty-five yards, but they both had ten targets. Uh, the only other okay. good tight end they faced was Graham, and he had four for 33 on five targets. I know they haven't allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet this year either. They're a good defense. So, the, Waller, 
yeah. like I would say they are I, I'm generally very skeptical about um tight defense versus tight ends specifically. Um Arizona on one end of the spectrum cut into that skepticism last year. And I, I kind of feel the same way about the Colts in their direction. Like they, until somebody's really good against them, I'm, I kind of believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have John who is a top 12 tight end this week as an example. All right. Well, look, I mean, the, the funny thing about Waller is before those three, before those two tough matchups in the playoffs, he gets the Falcons and the Jets and they're horrible against tight ends. And then in between those two matchups in week 15, Darren Waller has the Chargers and they're 23rd against tight ends. So the other thing about Darren Waller is like we maybe have five or six tight ends we feel good about starting every week. Yeah. You're not tr- getting Travis Kelsey for him. So like, what are you going to do about it? In my you opinion, upgrade. In you my opinion, um, we have two tight ends that I feel good about starting every week, and Waller's one of them. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't, I would not want to go sell, trade Darren Waller and then plan on streaming in the playoffs. What if you traded him for Eric Ebron and you got, you know, a a piece back? It, no. Okay. Well, it depends on what the piece is. It is. It is Josh Allen. And I need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's that's a different. Yeah, that's not a piece. That's a that, top five quarterback. That's, that's the type of trade, right? <laughs> well, but who do you think has more that's value right now, Darren? Like a, Wall- well, no, wait, Eric Ebron in a piece. I think Eric Ebron's the best player you're getting. No, okay. No, well, no, 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 no. That's the key. That's the key. You have to get a great player. And oh, g- give me Eric Ebron. He's Eric Ebron. But no, who who goes first in a draft today? Josh Allen or Darren Waller? Probably Allen. I think Allen. Yeah, will. his ADP would certainly be higher. Okay. Well, oh, I think it'd yeah. be close. Uh, all right. Okay. Um, I mean, let's get to the Colts and the Titans here. Let's get the, the, let's preview this game. But to recap the tight ends, the good schedules were Eric Ebron, Travis Kelsey, Irv Smith, I'd say. And the bad schedule was Darren Waller. Uh, this is an interesting game. Thursday night, Indianapolis at Tennessee. Dave? No, 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 no. You screwed me up on purpose. The Colts defense, third in points per game, second in yards per play, 11th in pressure rate, first in passing yards per attempt allowed, second in interception rate, first in passer rating allowed, tied for first in yards per carry allowed, first against quarterbacks and fantasy points, third against running backs, 10th against wide receivers, first against tight ends. This is what awaits the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but we are going to start with the Colts. They are the road team. Let's do, let's do this. Phillip Rivers, yeah, he struggled last week, but he had 30 points and 28 points in his previous two games. Tennessee gives up the seventh most points to quarterbacks any interest in streaming philip rivers rather start lock rather start tua rather start would i rather start baker i think i would i'd rather start nick Foles. i think i yeah i would rather start Foles. i just i have a hard time trusting philip rivers to come through with two 250 and two and no turnovers okay Let's talk about the Colts running backs. You guys have Jonathan Taylor as a low-end starter between 18th and 22nd in the rankings. He has one game this year with more than 68 rushing yards, and in that game he had 26 carries. And the Titans' run defense in their last five games, running backs are averaging 3.48 yards per carry. They are averaging only 28 receiving yards per game. They do have seven total touchdowns, though, in those five games, three receiving, four rushing. So, Heath... Jonathan Taylor, starter sit. And then what about Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines? Like you're just, you're hopeful that you have two running backs that are better than Jonathan Taylor that you can start over him. But that's not like, 
I get into him and the other rookie running backs. And do I really have more confidence that DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins is going to have a bigger role? I don't feel better about either of the Broncos running backs. I don't feel better about the Giants or the Dol- Like, There's just too many bad running backs for me to say you should definitely sit Jonathan Taylor. I would start Jarek McKinnon over him. If Raheem Mostert doesn't come back, I would start Antonio Gibson over him. I would start Leonard Fournette over him in full PPR. I'd start Duke Johnson over him if David Johnson doesn't come back. How I'd about start Geo McKissick? over him if Mixon doesn't come back. How about McKissick? I would not start J.D. McKissick over him, but in full PPR, I wouldn't necessarily argue with anyone who wanted to. McKissick certainly has a higher floor. I, I don't believe his ceilings is high. Okay. Dave, how about we compare Jonathan Taylor to some of the sort of emerging wide receivers. Uh, how about how about Jerry Judy? Oh, I'm taking Judy in PPR. How about, you know, rookie guys like T. Higgins and yep. Justin Jefferson? Yep. And all that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm taking them because it's PPR and I'm not counting on Jonathan. If you're starting Jonathan Taylor, it's to score. And that's the one edge he's got over Wilkins and Hines is that he's still the preferred goal line guy for Indianapolis. He's had eight goal to go carries this year. He scored on half of them. That's not that great. Jordan Wilkins has six goal to go carries this year and last year combined. In fact, he's only got one this year and he scored on it, but he's only scored on three of the past six over the last two seasons. The Colts don't love using him down there and they're not going to use Naheem Hines down there unless it's inside of two minutes or, you know, they're, they're down big and it's just the way that it is, is that he's the running back on the field anyway. So I like Taylor's chances to score, but that's really it. He's not as elusive as Wilkins. PFF has it rated that way. Wilkins is the sixth most elusive running back in the NFL this year, <laughs> according to PFF, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But that's that's how they've got it. He breaks a lot of tackles. He doesn't get a lot of carries. It, it, that's how it works out. See, I'm going to have to make a choice in a PPR league, Chase Edmonds or Jonathan Taylor. And... Obviously, if I knew Kenyon Drake were out, it'd be a no-brainer. But I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that. I, mean, I think you've got to go with Edmonds as of now. Right. I think if Drake comes back, I feel like Edmonds will still have enough of a... Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, if, you, if you're starting Taylor, you're hoping that he scores. Yeah. I don't think this is a break. I can't foresee it being, oh, now he's going to finally magically put it all together. There, there were little hints of it at times last week. There were a couple of runs, including the run where he fumbled. But he's just... He, he's... He's struggling. He has one carry of more than 16 yards this year on 106 carries. Colts wide receivers, are we starting anyone? Nope. Not with any sort of confidence. Okay. Zach Pascal does have uh, six to eight targets in three of his last four games, yeah. I believe. T.Y.'s coming back. T.Y.'s coming back, yeah. Uh, Trey Burton and Mo Cox. You guys actually both have Mo Cox one spot ahead of Trey Burton, I think. Jamie does not have it that way. But this, this Tennessee's been horrible against tight ends. They've given up uh, a touchdown or 50 yards to a tight end in three straight games. That'll be Darren Fells, Eric Ebron, and Jimmy Graham. Graham just had a great game against them. So uh, what are we doing here with the tight ends, Heath? I would rather not, but they're fine. I hope they score a touchdown, guys. Um, like The fact that Jack Doyle isn't expected to play helps but they're really spreading targets out. And I don't know that I feel confident either any, any of the tight ends are going to get even five targets in a given game. And as bad as tight end is five targets probably means three catches. And that's, that's pretty terrible. Like it's just, you're praying for a touchdown. Allie Cox has had three catches each of his past two games. 
and he played. I'm going to say he played the same exact amount of snaps as Trey Burton last week after Jack Doyle got hurt. Technically, he played two more, but there were also two spikes that Phillip Rivers made while Mo Cox was on the field. I don't know if it's fair to call that a snap that he played. But back in week two, there was no Doyle. There was also no Burton. Cox played 67% of the snaps. And I would imagine that he will play a lot of snaps this week with Doyle out, that big middle-of-the-field rangy target for Phillip Rivers to throw to. And the Titans have allowed at least 11 PPR points to a tight end three of their past four games. Well, who's he the is, best? He is a sleeper. He is a DFS super sleeper. Who is the best tight end in this game? Still Janu? Yeah. I have Janu ranked. They're very close together. Janu, Cox, Burton. Okay. And uh, Jonu Smith, let's stay on Jonu here. He has, I think, two or fewer catchers in four straight games. And uh, He was invisible until like eight minutes to play last week. And then back-to-back plays, he had 32 yards and a touchdown. Remember, the Colts, <laughs> we were just talking about it. Best team in the league so far against tight ends. Yeah, they have not given a up a touchdown. Start. So would you start um, Jordan Reed over Jonu Smith? I can't. I'm still going with Janu. Like I'm actively trying to find tight ends to move ahead of Janu, but Jordan Reed, just because we don't know, and and maybe we're not we're not going to find out today. But like he was on a pretty serious snap count the last time that they played, and and maybe he gets a lot more. But I just kind of it kind of looks like they want Ross Dwelly on the field too. And with Ayuk back, I don't feel confident in how many targets Reed's going to get. Okay, but Dallas Goddard over Janu. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Austin Hooper. Yeah, yeah. Okay. those guys are like top 10 guys. Yeah, assuming Austin Hooper's okay. Yeah, okay. All right. He's and been then practicing. I think he will be fine. Ryan Tannehill, starter sit. I'm sitting him. I can find at least a dozen other quarterbacks I'd rather have. Um, his track record's been great, but I think that's the only pro case you can make for him. Colts have been great against quarterbacks. We talked about that last year. Tannehill played against the Colts. 17 fantasy points. I think it was his worst game as a starter last year. And part of it was because Derrick Henry just went off. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that's what happened on Thursday. I mean, with the way their run defense is played, that would actually surprise me quite a bit. Um, yeah, he's a borderline starter. I don't I don't love him, but there are no streamers that I would start over Tannehill. Drew Locke? I'm not, Drew Locke is not my favorite streamer this week, and no. Tua? There are no streamers that I would start over Tannehill this Who's week. Who's your favorite streamer this week? I'm just curious. Um, it's Baker Mayfield. Okay. Well, he's got Houston. But I would not I, start Baker Mayfield over Tannehill either. All right, let me let me wrap this up here. I want to talk about Tannehill real quick because he's played now in the last two seasons with Tennessee, five matchups against top 10 teams against quarterbacks. Uh, and in those five games, he has scored 22, 7, 22, 18, and 20 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. That includes last week against Chicago. includes Pittsburgh earlier this year. He has not thrown a lot in those games, though. 29, 15, 14, 30, and 21 pass attempts. The track record says in a matchup against a top-10 defense against quarterbacks, and the Colts are number one, by the way, he's not going to score more than 22 points. The question is, can they run the ball? Against the Colts. The Colts have had, like I've been saying, one of the best run defenses in football. And Derrick Henry really like hasn't been that great this year. I'm sorry to say it. It's true. So how many pass attempts for Tannehill? Is this a game where he has to throw more? But I think you, you approach it conservatively because uh, you know, the Colts have been great against quarterbacks. Could he could he throw two touchdowns and have 
225 yards with it. That's not going to be a top 12 guy, most likely. No, it's 21 fantasy points without any turnovers. All right. Oh, and yeah. And then the last thing on him is uh, at home since he became the starter. Oh, come on. Where's this damn stat? It's like 27, 29 touchdowns, three interceptions at home, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions on the road. So he probably won't turn the ball over. Uh, but two two touchdowns, no interceptions, sounds about right. Stark Derrick Henry, even though it's a tough matchup. A.J. Brown is a top nine wide receiver in both formats. Corey Davis, starter sit. We'll finish with this. I'd I try to get away from him. I feel similar to Corey Davis that I do about Tannehill, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got him as a borderline number two, and I'm probably going to start him in most places. But I wouldn't... Um, I, I'd be pretty happy if I had better wide receivers to start. All right. I was excited about Marquise Brown last week because the Colts passed defense in their in three games of four week nine. They gave up 88 yards or a touchdown to multiple wide receivers in every game. The Browns, the Bengals, and the Lions without Kenny Galladay. So I really thought this was a vulnerability. The Ravens didn't really take advantage of that, but that's different. So maybe the, uh, maybe the Titans can. Uh, all right. Jonathan Taylor or Corey Davis? I think I'd probably take Davis and full PPR, Taylor and non. Yeah. Okay. And both DSTs are in play here. Uh, the Titans are higher in the rankings for the most part. In fact, Heath has them fifth. But both DSTs are in play here. They're hot. Yeah. Well, they scored a touchdown last week, I believe. Yep. So that, that always helps. All right. We got about 10 minutes left. We're going to read our Apple podcast questions. I do have more segments, too many segments, which I knew would be the case. Uh, Let's read Apple podcasts. Let's see what we got. Not a lot this week. Make sure you get them in. Here's one from D duck fan. Got to read that one slowly. I'd say give up young way. Koo and what is this real young way. Koo and John Smith get Kenny Galladay. What is that? A plus. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah. All right. Well, you wrote you wrote it in Apple Podcast. We read it. Someone out there is thinking, well, at least I got Young Way Koo. <laughs> From the Pug Lord 15. Give up Zeke and Lamar. Get Aaron Jones and Adam Thielen. Oh my goodness. I have Herbert and Tannehill on my bench. So he gives up Zeke and Lamar for Aaron Jones and Adam Thielen. It might be kind of close to a fair deal if it's a two-quarterback league. <laughs> if it's a one-quarterback league, the Aaron Jones side wins mightily. He also says, Dear Greenwood, Green, with an E at the end, Holmes and White. Ooh, I have no idea. Greenwood, Green, Holmes, and White. Well, we'll, we'll look Could into that. Could be linebackers. Are those Steelers linebackers? Because of According Green. to Google, yeah. Elsie Greenwood. Yeah, okay. Joe Green. Joe Green. And then Holmes and White threw me off. Dwight White and Ernie okay. Holmes. I was thinking okay. Kevin Green, but... Okay, Steelers. Uh, is that Steel Curtain? I mean, it might just be the Steel Curtain. I don't know. Fill in the blank. I'm taking the victory on that one. Fantasy Football UK Podcast says, J.D. McKissick is a blank running back rest of season with Alex Smith at QB. PPR only. Low end number two. From Andrew, the best running backs in PPR and standard rest of season not named Cook, Kamara, Henry, or Aaron Jones are blank. Chubb. 
James Robinson would be next, well, other McCaffrey. than McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so right. McCaffrey, Robinson would be next in terms of points per game uh, so far. I'm not saying that's my answer, but that's kind of an unbelievable thing. He's been, he's the Cinderella of the season. Who, who are the running backs that you just think are just going to be home runs week after week, basically? Because Cook, Kamara, Henry, McCaffrey, if he plays, Aaron Jones, and then what? Yeah, Henry exactly, can get exactly. There. Henry can get there. Robinson Henry is, is pretty much there. dead. Henry, right? I thought I did, but he should be. I there, didn't yeah. hear it. Um, Chubb, I think, can get there. I think Miles Sanders can get there. Mm, Sanders, and yeah. If Chris Carson comes back healthy. Car- oh yeah, Good I think he could also be that guy. I, I hope I'm if, hopeful though. for Eckler. I don't know when he's back, but what I think- if Joe Mixon comes back healthy? <laughs> I I'd love I to see it. it. I really would. I don't think I could. I can commit to that. I don't think he's going to be like win your league good. He's not. He's not. Geo. He'll have a couple of win your he's week. Not good. Geo. Hmm. Um, Geo's been great. All right from uh, from Jason. Young Frankenstein is in the top blank of comedy movies. No idea what you're talking about. I've never seen it. Dave, you ever seen Young Frankenstein? I did when I was younger. I don't have. I don't remember it. The same way I remember some of my other favorite movies. Yeah, it's so. a Mel Brooks movie. There's a great, great scene. I am. I'm not it's telling Mel you. Brooks, and it's definitely funny. Yeah, there's a great scene in The Simpsons where Homer's driving Mel Brooks. He's a limo driver, and he says, "Saw that movie, Young Frankenstein? Scared the hell out of me." <laughs> uh, from Ariel. Put it on our off-season viewing list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Josh Allen is a blank quarterback rest of season. Up six. Top six is fair. The listener's blank Adams gall man impression. Hint, opposite of hate. Enjoy. <laughs> now we just can't kill it. That's the, that's the challenge. And from Charlie Mayo, Kareem Hunt will be a top blank running back rest of season. 15. 18. Okay, we're going to finish the show with about five minutes left with my list of players who I think could have big finishes if i could just find the list you tell me how you feel big finishes deandre swift from Six. your lips to the fantasy god's ears yeah might have to say i think that's week. a 6 okay. sure uh mike williams 7 to 8 targets 81 or more yards in three of his last four games one of those was with keenan allen getting hurt but basically he's tied for the team lead in targets inside the 10 with only 3 which is very low but you got a quarterback who's on pace for 4,905 yards and 39 touchdowns. There has to be more than one great pass-catching option there. So, Mike Williams, what do you think? Is that the 16-game pace, or is that the true pace of what he's got? That is the... Sorry. That is, if you look at the games he's played, the 16-game pace based on what he's played. Acer stats. No, come on. But, I mean, look, he played... He only missed one game, Herbert did, so he could be close to that with the pace. Yeah, when he's playing, Williams, he's on that Williams is a great receiver to have on your bench and to start in deeper leagues, deeper three receiver leagues. Tyler Lockett. Let's, by the way, look at the next four games that they play and the cornerbacks they face. Jalen Ramsey, oh, Patrick Peterson. Well, it okay. might matter in this sense. Ramsey, Peterson, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. Tougher coverage, perhaps, for DK Metcalf. Not, oh, not saying you I sit see. him, but hopefully that opens up more for to Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Um, so there's that. He's a, he's a good buy low. Another one that we can put on the list. Okay. Uh, I asked Nando, I was texting with Nando this morning. I said, give me a player who's going to finish strong. He suggested Sterling Shepard. What do you think? Sterling Shepard. <laughs> Not. Get him on your team. Huzzah. Yeah, I don't believe it. 
finish strong, I don't believe it. Be a you know complimentary part of your fantasy squad in PPR, sure. Uh, Drew Brees. I'm done doubting Drew Brees. He's got done the Falcons twice in the next four weeks. Let's, done with let's it. clarify. What is finish? Because Drew Brees has been, He's already a been playing strong. Borderline number one quarterback. Yeah, let's. He's going to be in the Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson range. He's going to be just behind. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he'll be just about what he's been. Josh Jacobs. What's been going on with Josh Jacobs? The offensive line is supposed to be a strength. It has been hit by COVID. It has been hit by injections of air into the body. It has been hit by suspension to Richie Incognito. Let's get it's been that hit line. by Jalen Rashard and Devontae Booker All taking right. work away from him. So That's I'll throw the biggest I'll throw thing. Jacobs out there. League winning finish. What do you think? I mean, that this is kind of the weird thing about Josh Jacobs is he's on pace for fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. He's really good. I think he'll probably continue to be really good. He's done it in such an annoying way, though, because he had like two massive games. I want a consistent league. I want people to say, oh, I won my league because I had Josh Jacobs. You know what I'm getting at? He might have one two touchdown game left in him this year. Yeah, I mean, like it's possible that that game happens in week 16 and people say I won my league because right. <laughs> Josh Jacobs. What's, but, what's his pace for catches this year? Heath, do you have that in front of you for Jacobs? Yeah, it's really easy because he's played eight games, so 38. <laughs> okay, so he'll fall a little short of what we were hoping for. Uh, last one. We argued about this last week. I told you nobody was going to drop him. Jarvis Landry, 91% rostered. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. and he's We got- didn't say you should drop Jarvis Landry. At right. least I didn't say that. I said if he's your worst player, you could drop him. Well, you said pick him up off waivers. I said buy low. So right. if he's on waiver, but he's not um, on waivers, is the I'm I'm, ho- I'm very Again, hopeful for Landry. Like in in the same way that Sterling Shepard could be a big finisher. Sure. Right. Oh, but I'm, I'm I'm much I'm more hopeful for Landry. Much more. You're not. They're the schedule. Very similar situations. Mm, um. Well, I like Baker Mayfield more than Daniel Jones. Of course you do. Baker Mayfield was someone... Who, I, I did a uh, Twitter question, not a poll, just a question because I didn't want to influence it at all, Adam, after your um, besmirching I saw your, of Philip Rivers' question. name. Yeah, I saw it. Who is... And Dave might want to contribute to this. Who is the worst starting quarterback who has started all of his team's games this season? And yeah. Baker Mayfield was definitely amongst the top four in votes received. Um, Philip Rivers did get some votes as well, Adam. Yeah. Um, Carson Wentz got a surprising number of votes. Could see and that. Daniel Jones ran away with it. I mean, I think it's Rivers one, and I think it's probably Daniel Jones two. But I also think it's not, I also think like Sam Darnold could be on there, but he didn't start all of his team's games. Um, right. That's the, that was. The, you had to play all your team's games. Right, but he's the, he is the starting quarterback. We don't know anything about Sam Donald yet. Yeah, otherwise we would just say Ben DiNucci. No, it's the starting quarterback of a team. It's basically who's the worst starting quarterback so in the NFL. Uh, yeah, he would be the answer. Dwayne Haskins would be the answer, I guess. I'm but, just not sure. Like, I wish D- D- Dwayne Haskins had been given the opportunity Daniel Jones has. I don't think it's fair to give that on, on Baker Mayfield, though. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think he's probably a little underrated. Just... But, Let's see what happens with him. But the other this, thing about this the other thing about Landry coming up. Landry if he has the Browns to the playoffs. Then I I think that that'll really mean something. Landry has one, two, three, four, five games left before Week 17. Five games against teams that are currently 20th or worse against 
wide receivers. So he's a better schedule than Sterling Shepard. Mm-hmm. And, and the key is how many of those games do the Browns have to pass? Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, nope. Giants, Jets. Maybe. Maybe oh, the man. Titans game. Well, maybe the Houston game. Yeah, maybe that's the true. Jets game. Yeah. Ah, come on. Well, but but even if they don't even if he throws 30 times, that could still be seven or eight targets for Landry. Right, but seven or eight targets historically for Jarvis Landry is 50 yards. Okay. All right. I'll be on the I'll be on Landry Island. Thanks for listening, everybody. He's got to start scoring. That's Fun it. show. Fun show today. Appreciate it, Dave and Heath and Ben. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Starter sit for the AFC home game. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.